Welcome to the Triathlete Hour. This week, Laura Sadal joins us for a quick recap of 70.3 Worlds. Except by quick, I mean not that quick at all. But full of details that you might have missed on the broadcast. We have all the reports from the ground and we get into the rumor that Kona could be moved from Kona. Stay tuned for all of that after this quick break. Power your next adventure with Outside Plus. Our Outside Plus membership gives you access not just to exclusive triathlete content, but to content across all our network brands like Backpacker, Velo News, Outside Magazine, and Trail Runner. With an annual membership, you get two magazine subscriptions, two Velo Press books, a library of resources like yoga journal meditation classes and clean eating meal plans, gear and event discounts, access to Gaia GPS dozens of training plans through today's plan software and a free finisher picks package each year all for just $99 this is the world's best resource for training nutrition know-how and how to join at triathlete.com backslash outside plus that's outside plus one word dot com All right, Sid is here for a quick recap, 70.3 shows. Sid, I'm very tired. Basically been up for like four days. I don't know what's going to happen. I love how you say quick recap and we've already chatted off air for 50 minutes. (laughs) Quick recap show. Uh, So 70.3 Worlds was this past weekend. Uh, Lucy and Gustav won. She was... She's been living under a rock. In case you've been living under a rock, you didn't know Lucy and Gustav won. Let's talk about Lucy first. She this is her first world title after I actually don't know how many second place world at world championships. A lot. I think it's four. Yeah. Yeah, I she, think three three in Kona won seventy point three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 She very clearly was like, I am not getting a second again. Yeah. She was so excited, um, jumping up and I mean jumping up and down at the finish line, like crying. Um and when it, we'll talk about the storm in a second, but when it started storming, she said her only thought was they better not cancel this shit. Like, yeah. I need my world title. So. <laughs> yeah, you could you could see, look, like, a really, really impressive performance. I don't think anyone was really going to catch her that day. You could, I think you got the warning shot fired as soon as the swim started and Taylor Nib couldn't sit. I think we all expected Taylor Nib to maybe swim with Lucy. And no. As soon as that swim started, Lucy got that gap, and you kind of went, "Okay, this is this is kind of she's she's she, after this." I don't know if you like looked at the times that much. Uh, so she swam faster than Gustav, first yeah. off, uh, and she basically swam um, like in the, like would have been front of the second pack of men. Like she, yeah, she had the fastest split of every every. She had the fastest leg on all the legs yeah. of yeah. everything. I mean, she, she won by eight minutes in the end, which yeah. is for a world championship race is pretty impressive to be fair. Um, but, you know, I think she has come second a lot, or let's say in Kona specifically, she's always kind of never quite been able to get to that line. Um, clearly, I think, the you know, we've seen this year she was doing swimming trials. She went to WTS. She's shown that she's kind of, stepped up a level across all distances and so I think as well it was only going to be a ma- matter of time for Lucy to for things to fall in place so, and, and, and yes we can say that Daniela wasn't on her best day and maybe there were some others I'm not sure 
anyone would have caught Lucy no. on at the weekend. Because even before, so Daniela, um, you know, she has said she's going through, like, I think she said she was diagnosed with some kind of like stomach bug or bacteria or infection, but yeah. she's definitely had some health issues. She's acknowledged she's yeah. been dealing on and off with some health issues for like a month now. And she's going to go now and like deal with that yeah. now that like kind of the season's over. Um, but that obviously wasn't clear from the beginning because she won Ironman Switzerland by 40 minutes or something last two weekends ago. And so we weren't sure which Daniela we were going to see. And even through like halfway through the bike, she was moving up through the field and closing on Lucy and Taylor who were in first and second. And I think it's not like Lucy knew, Oh, now Daniela is falling off. So I think Lucy was biking as hard, like biking as if like, I need to make sure Daniela and Taylor don't catch me. Um, and she was biking with like a fire on her ass because she was like, very like, and if you were paying attention where she, so obviously eventually like Daniela stopped putting time, like the gap had, she was closing the gap and then she stopped and then Lucy opened the gap up more. But where that happened, was mostly at the end of the snow Canyon climb and then the descent, which is yeah. actually the same as where it happened in the men's field. She was taking risks on that. Like yeah. she was moving. <laughs> um, I think that's, yeah. Yeah. I think it's that she, she just, she had her foot on the gas for the whole way. There was no letting the, not necessarily coasting, but letting the gravity take you down that descent. That was like full hammering still on that descent. I think, and you heard it in pre-race interviews, like she was, again, this whole story about everyone, no one's ever said she's a runner and stuff. But I think, you know, again, like I said, we saw it at the uh, um, Super at WTS. She ran the fastest split. So she was confident that if even if she came off with people, mm-hmm. she would be able to run faster. But I think potentially her yeah her her goal was just to not even give them that chance and make sure she came off and started the run in complete control of the race uh and then she ran a 118 it was one of those things where like she came in and you were waiting and waiting and waiting and she was almost a mile like i don't know if everyone knows the course the bikers come in the same way people run out so you're standing there waiting both for her to run out and for bikers, she was almost a mile in before the people were coming in the transition. And she probably would have seen that. Would, that could yeah. have been. I don't know if the, you see them. Yeah. On cor- I don't know if they were getting splits on course. I know certainly from the coverage, there was some splits being given from the film, the the commentators yeah, yeah. on course. But I don't know whether that was whether they got gave that to Lucy in terms of splits behind. But she'd have been able to see when she was on that first mile of the run that she should have been like, you know, like you said, the mile up the road and done, oh, look, there's, there's who and who and who oh, yeah. in second, third and fourth. If you've ever done that course, you know, you're like doing the math. You're like, okay, yeah. so they, I can see them yeah. coming this way and I'm on this far. So they've got to get into transition. Right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the transition, if anybody was there, there were these and saw pictures. The transition was like three blocks long. It was so it was. In, and I was like, oh, my God. And even the other athlete, or athletes there were like, oh, my God, they're going to make us run that whole way. I thought, oh, my God, times are going to be so slow. They actually had this line of of kids where you just handed your bike off and the kids like ran off with your bike. So they actually didn't have to run through transition at all. It was, it was very nice. But it was a very funny, like uh conveyor line where the kids then like ran yeah. down the street with the bikes so. <laughs> and, and ran off <laughs> and ran off and took a bike yeah. 
<laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously Lucy was super, super dominant. It was just, yeah. I mean, I think she would have been dominant no matter if Daniela was on, no matter. I mean, the, there were a couple of contenders who dropped out, you know, Chelsea Sadara and Paula Finley dropped out this week with injuries. And I just don't, I mean, Lucy would have won, like, with, no I matter think what. So. I mean, it would have been, it would have been good. I think it would have been great to see it as maybe the closer battle. I don't know. Actually, when you win a World title, you don't really care how you win. You prefer yeah. it probably to be easy like that because then you're in complete con- easy. I say um, you're in complete control. She didn't need to run a 118, but she did because I think she had a point to prove on that. Um, you know, for us, yes, we would have probably wanted a closer battle between those big names at the front and to see how they really reacted under pressure. You know, could Lucy hold it together under pressure? I'm sure she would have done. I don't think anyone else was going to touch her that day. It was a great battle, though, for the like second, third fourth mm-hmm. fifth kind of places and and even even the top 10 there was still sort of lots of movement going on um which as we said before i think just really showed the depth and quality of that women's women's start line in in worlds and there were even there were big names still missing um mm-hmm. and like you said the couple pulled out in race week but it was still it was still probably at such a a deep and stacked 70.3 specialist field it was it was yeah Good race. It was a it was a real I mean, obviously uh, we're more excited about the women's race, but it was a lot of big <laughs> names. You know, Holly was eighth, Holly Lawrence. Um, and obviously she's you know, obviously she's one of the best seventy point three racers in the world. She had an off run. She only ran a one twenty six. Um <laughs> and you know, coming out of T two, it was kind of Lucy and Taylor was uh four minutes behind her at that point, and then Daniela was like right behind Taylor. And then there was this big group, right, of like all the people of Jeannie and Sky and Emma and Holly and Kat and, and like Jackie and Sky and yeah, all yeah. of them. And um and so then it just kind of became a, a runner's race. And and Jeannie ran her way up through the field the whole day. I don't think anyone she was on the like the long list of contenders, but I don't think anyone had her necessarily pegged as like, oh, top three. And she passed Taylor God, I mean less than two miles ago, mile and a half. Yeah. 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 And uh and it it had been holding at like a 15 second gap forever and ever and ever. And it was like, is this going to close? And Taylor apparently ran into a porta potty and Jeannie passed her while she was in the porta potty. <laughs> I did hear that afterwards. So we didn't, it wasn't to like, because all we got, I was watching the live coverage and all you heard was like, oh, we now have found out that like Jeannie has made the pass on Taylor. She's now ahead, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think then it was only in the interview afterwards with Taylor that she was like saying that she ran into the porta potty Jeannie mm-hmm. passed her and then kind here's of the thing I kept thinking up. though and yeah. I didn't want to like ask Taylor this because I didn't want to get into the specifics but she only lost them by 11 seconds it was still very close to the line so she really only lost like 30 seconds running the porta potty that is a fast porta potty move <laughs> like I don't think I've ever gone to the porta potty to race that fast <laughs> like what is happening yeah, yeah, she is from WTS background they do everything fast maybe that's the... and then I was okay I got really because I was like did you just not pee on yourself does someone need to explain that you can pee while you run so then I this someone needs to tell her you know but you're not officially allowed are you well, no, but just dump some. It was yeah. raining. No yeah, one would have exactly, noticed. Exactly. Yeah. Like, no, we need totally. We needed to tell her that you can pee on the run. Just don't let anyone see or feel or show it. <laughs> so anyway, that was. I was like, oh, Taylor. Um, but she was also very, very excited. Obviously, they asked her at the finish. Um, I guess her mom was there, and her mom's like a very good age group athlete. Her mom was not racing, but uh, has raced world championships plenty of times. And um, and they uh. They asked, are your parents proud of you? And she goes, oh, I hope so. But I don't know. They have very high standards. And you're like, oh, God, Taylor, they are definitely proud of you. 
<laughs> like they're definitely proud of you getting third in the world. <laughs> I, I think with Taylor, like what we're just seeing is this, like she's been the last few races she's done has been like blasted her into the limelight, over, right. like 70 po- middle distance racing and the triathlon world. And she's had so much media and stuff like that. She's probably in a whirlwind coming into this race, like just not, you know, she'd done one seventy point three before she's now mm-hmm. in there, but she's being talked up about this big thing. And, and she just has this rawness of just like, you, you could see at the finish, they were both, both Jeannie and Taylor, their training partners. Mm-hmm. They've got the same coach. You could see how much it meant to both of them. And maybe Taylor was quite happy. She was like, oh, it's my first world champ. A little bit like that Alex Yee, um, mm-hmm. Hayden Wild at the Olympics. I don't know. You know, it meant, maybe it meant so much more to Jeannie to get that second place than it did for Taylor in her first Worlds, knowing that she's, Oh, Taylor was very happy for Jeannie too. Like you said, yeah. they are training partners. Yeah. They did do a lot of, lot of training for this um, together um, and helped each other, I think. And and she was very happy for, she even said like, I'm, I'm really happy. Yeah. You know, I'm most happy for Jeannie. And they were like, there was a lot of hugging. They were crying and <laughs> hugging at the finish line. My photographer, I said like, Oh, do you get a, there was a lot of hugging, a lot of women, every woman <laughs> who came across the line hugged every other woman. There was a lot of group hugging. It was a very like, <laughs> hugging heavy finish line <laughs> which, is, which is kind of good to see I think that shows like that everyone knew it was such a hard fought race yeah. and everyone got like the the quality of the field got the best out of those athletes on the day I think you heard several people saying that's the hardest race oh yeah I mean Kat Matthews was fourth and she crossed the line and I was just kind of standing there and she came right and I was like, how, you know, how, like, that was the hardest thing I've ever done. That was the hardest yes. race I've ever done. <laughs> I was like, all right. So, um, but it was, it was very exciting. It was really good. I do think the other thing is we are seeing kind of, um, I mean, not a new group in the women's, but, you know, these are a lot of young. Like, if you look at the top five, it was Lucy, Jeannie, Taylor, Kat, Emma Palin in fifth. You know, some of those the people are in the their 20s. Yeah. yeah, they're changing, and those people are going to be around for a while, and they're going to get better. Um, Can they I don't just think stay any... in the half distance, yeah. please, for a bit longer? For a bit. I mean, I think Taylor <laughs> will stay, stay in the half, half distance. <laughs> I yeah, I think Lucy will Lucy will probably go back and forth. Jeannie will stay in the half for a bit. I mean, it's, it's you know, Lucy's going to be Lucy's going to do every distance under the sun and dominate. She's her doing. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about this more in a second, but she's do- she was then headed to Super League Malibu next weekend as yeah. kind of a as as her husband reese told me as a celebration end of the season because you yeah. know why not for fun malibu yeah why not right right <laughs> well after she went to vegas that was the other yes first first to vegas <laughs> to uh cash in what do you do all the whole the whole winner's check on black right is that is that right. the move that you make is that what you do <laughs> <laughs> and then so obviously the women's race was just incredibly dominated by lucy the men's race was less dominant but still dominant i mean I th- again, by the time they hit the top of Snow Canyon, Gustav was in the lead, and I I think at that point it was it was yeah. right like it was like his race. Um, when we can you know Christian got a flat t- a flat and had to get a spare wheel, and as anyone who has gotten new bike stuff knows, nothing is compatible anymore. And so <laughs> even if there is a spare wheel in the mechanic car behind you, it's not gonna fit. You know, it's not gonna fit. It's not gonna have the right like rotor size or the right thread count. So it was a whole, anyway, so by the time he got a bike or a front wheel that fit his bike, he was like 20 minutes. I mean, he was pretty fast. And by full credit, he finished the race kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He jogged in a nice 116, you know? I thought that. I thought that he looked pretty cruisy, just 
cruising along as a training run at 116. Huh. But there you were people trying need... to like uh, get his signature from him. Like somebody was running next to him with a pad. <laughs> <laughs> Can you autograph this for me? <laughs> I love that. But yeah, you kind of knew that um, once Gustav was off the front and had a gap on the bike and certainly into transition, it it would have taken a storm maybe to, just to stop him winning the race. But um, there was no one really going to be going to be catching him. I think he no. was pretty much in full full control. I mean, he is the best hands down. And obviously it's sort of stupid to say this because he just won the world championship, but he is the best three to four hour racer in the world, like period. Um, and he's proved that across a variety of events in between the three and four hours. Like he is the best middle distance athlete, period. Yeah. Um, and I know he's still like, he really enjoy like he is, the Norwegians are characters. They want to just go hard, do whatever it takes. Um, so he's going to keep doing short course. He yeah. is going to do his first Ironman at Ironman California, presuming that he recovers okay from this. That's what they told me. Um, so that'll be, I think Ironman California now with all the rumors is going to be Jan Gustav. And so it could be, you know. It's Norwegians against. Pretty, yeah. 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 Um, but I think the Norwegians be- just want to start dominating every distance as well. Like they're just going to be cup- like the, the the three of them. You've got um, Casper Storms as well. Like I think they're just going to like tag team between the three of them of who and cover yeah. every distance they can as well as yeah. Short they course. also um, did say that the massive like torrential downpour that had like barricades blowing into cyclists. They were like, oh, it's hometown weather. Like this is the kind of weather yeah. we get. Like. <laughs> Oh, okay. Because <laughs> he did, again, if you were watching, like, it was a big group. It was nine or ten cyclists. And he just kind of took off in Snow Canyon, like, put his move down, opened a gap, and then put three minutes on the group in 25K. And that was, again, mostly on the... Like, he, he like, like Lucy went hard. Lucy put, like, a minute, added a minute. He put, like, three minutes into legit riders in a, in a pack. <laughs> have you... And I don't know if you've done that descent, but, like... There's no way he wasn't going close to 60 miles an hour then. Yeah. Like if you just like f- factoring like how fast I've gone on it, how fast every other people go, like that's brutal. Like yeah, yeah. that's that's like head down, close your eyes, and hope for the best. Oh, kind of. There's definitely points <laughs> on that where you're like, oh, I just hope nothing happens. Like, <laughs> um, but out of that group behind him, but Sam Long, to be fair, did this like was still off the back of that group when they hit Snow Canyon and he did the same thing. And he was like super tucking on that descent. And so when they hit T1, he had caught up to the group or T2. Yeah. He was in that group then. Um, and then he ran out of it. Like he, and he, I was very impressed with Sam Long's run. I think, like I think his was one of the performances of the day for me as well. I think before the race, we kind of said that, yes, he's had performances this year. You know, he had that epic battle with Lionel on the same course back or similar course. Uh, back in in earlier in the year but I think we sort of both said it or a few people have said I don't think with the swim swimming mm-hmm. power that they've got in that race he and he won't be in a position to bike up to the group clearly he was and then he showed that he's the best runner out there and for a big unit <laughs> like, he um also I mean he only gave up 220 in the swim to Ben yeah. Canute, which was who's the first guy out, which is actually like that's pretty a very small gap for Sam. And yeah. people asked him about it. <laughs> okay, you'll appreciate this. Uh, you know, why you didn't swim that well at Collins Cup like three weeks ago? Like what what changed in three weeks? And he uh, it was explaining how he was really, really nervous about diving in at the Collins Cup because he doesn't know how to dive and he just kept being paranoid that he was gonna lose his goggles and embarrass himself on live TV. 
And so that like was really stressing him out. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I think if I, because I did think about when I was watching the Collins Cup, I was like, oh my God, they're diving. I would never be able to do that. I would like, I think <gasps> I'd have to go for the jump. I think no, I'd still do you'd the be jump. So you'd be so far. And, and then I'd make the fool of myself that way. <laughs> I appreciate that he was like, this is stressing me out before Alcatraz. And I went and practiced my diving in like our complex apartment pool. <laughs> oh my God, diving off Alcatraz. That boat's so high. I would definitely be jumping off there. There's no way I'd be. My dive would be like a vertical one at that point. You'd be like, oh yeah. It was, uh... So anyway, that is apparently anyway. there was no diving. <laughs> at st no, george I think, I think so sam long with, did much better the other thing with swimming and like you know sam isn't a swimmer like put it out there like he's not a natural swimmer he isn't one of those athletes that's come from a swimming background he's having to work on it and like full credit to him and where he's got to with his swim and i'm putting words in his mouth and this might not be the case this is probably speaking from more my experience when you are not a natural swimmer, that you can be so varied in whether it clicks on the day or it doesn't. Like you could be in mm. training hitting good times, but in the race, if you just don't get the rhythm, you don't get the balance, whatever it is, that's like two, three minutes difference. Whereas the the athletes that have grown up swimming or just are at that another level, they are more consistent in the swim at being able to hit those times. And it would be the rare occasion they'll have an off right. swim. Whereas the non-swimmers, it's so much harder to consistently get, especially when you're sort of trying to make that transition mm-hmm. up and you're doing the work. It's It doesn't click all the time. And that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I, I would say that that's part of it as well. He's doing his best. He's working really hard. I think it will get, he will become more consistently in that, closer to those front guys. Um, but it might just be that at the moment, like with where he's, going with his swim like some days it works some days it doesn't and that's kind of the non-swimmer joys that we live with (laughs) (laughs) and joys um he also did run like oh god i'm getting this wrong i need to look it up but i think it was like a 113 112 113 something like that um wasn't challenged let's say but still and it was an impressive run because like i mean he even said you know he um loses times on the uphills but he was ma- i mean he was bombing the downhills like and uh again if you've done this course you know it's up and down and they changed it so there's it was it was two laps and we've mentioned this before there was a very steep downhill then at the end of the first lap and second and if you bombed it too hard you were gonna you know you wreck your legs you turn around you got to go right back up again but sam was just i mean he was bombing it he was bombing it and he gave a like tongues out piece like one of his you know yo yo yo's to everyone as he ran by so awesome of course (laughs) um but i was i was impressed um and i do think like we were just saying Again, you have Gustav, who's like 26 or 27. You have Sam, who's like 25. You have like a lot of people who are like young and coming up here that are kind of like the next big stars. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. And now, like, Sam's going and doing Iron Chattanooga this weekend, which is crazy. Crazy. And Gustav and Christian are going to Malibu to do Super League, along with Lucy and reportedly Flora. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to be gonna be a thing it's again it's 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 a weird year of no races lots of races everyone racing 
like when are you taking your time off are we just going to boulder into next year and carry on with things like there's then super league there's pto colin you know collins cup there's now like all these races were all the races that were postponed from the beginning of the year are like stacked up in september Mm -hmm. there's no kona so people do it like just jumping in using kona fitness and like it's just it's more bizarre like i know people that raced roth and then raced every weekend since roth of half distances and i don't know i've just spent two weeks drinking wine and gin and trying to have some downtime because my life was hectic before that but you know each to their own and everyone has their own reasons for doing it but it is pretty crazy at the moment do you know how many races iron man is putting on in september 45 that wow. is a lot no i did races. not know that many races <laughs> 30 days has september <laughs> so they like from a um operational standpoint like literally in terms of the number yeah they they are working overtime behind the scenes just to make sure yeah. everything works um and yeah let's talk about the first second because opera i mean operationally st george like has it down they do do a really um like if you've been to big races you know it can be a super big pain in the ass to like find parking to like get around to like and it's not and st george is not that bad like i i like parked right next to transition and like walked under the shuttle like it wasn't a problem <laughs> um now the show, the the point and point to point is is difficult. There is like a, they were shuttling spectators back and forth all day because you were not allowed to drive out there at all. Like no one was, even the Ironman guys. Um, is that so that is that difficult? A COVID logistic. It was, was no, that? it was a World Championships issue, not a COVID issue. Like they were just trying to limit. But they did uh, that. On I think they did that. They did that at the North American Champs. Like, no, in May set- you could drive out. But, oh, but I didn't. I thought the pros weren't allowed to have any support staff with them, and the pros. Well, I'm just telling you, I got driven out to the start, and I was not the only one. There were a lot of people, (laughs) so like you could drive out um, uh, (laughs) back in May. Yeah, Uh, they were. They just weren't limiting it as much. Like, granted, you could still like there were still people who like pulled a, you know, pulled it this weekend, but it was very limited, and so that was a pain in the ass. But overall, I would say they do have the logistics down at St. George pretty well. They do. for a big event for a big event they shut down some major roads but you can still get around it's not one of those things where you're like you have to go like a mile down to cross to come mile back it's so it, it's actually like they do like manage it pretty well overall um and the town is pretty into it uh though they also they were not into it being a two-day event because that was just too much for them right now um yeah. just with covid and everything that's going on so but perfect for a one day big event yeah. lots of numbers maybe twice as twice the distance well well that is the whole <laughs> that is the whole next big thing right so if if you were paying attention iron man very specifically and deliberately uh hinted that they are considering all possibilities for the iron man world championships which right now are scheduled for february what is it fifth february 5th in kona yeah I think so. and at this point I, th- for t- at this point, I don't. I think a lot of people don't think they're going to happen in, in February in Kona. And from Iron Man's perspective, their challenge is that they cannot, they cannot get a firm answer from like Hawaii, local or state officials, and that they don't. Even if they get a firm answer right now, they don't know if that's going to change yeah. in a month, in two months. So the, the uncertainty is the problem for them from a like operational standpoint because they can't even then like start planning and moving forward and tell athletes. Um, so because I, of that, they said I they're considering. Think, yeah, they're considering. As soon as they pushed 
Kona to February, we tried to change accommodation. The it doesn't people I that we've spoken mine. who we've been with for years and years, we just roll over. They were like, "We don't. There is no way you can host this event in February. It's high season. Everything's sold. Everything's gone already. The island's right. packed already. There is no way you can hold an event." And that was coming from like the like the yeah the letting letting agencies. So I mean, I know they don't. At the end of the day, it's probably not their their decision, but. I think from a local standpoint, there's a push to not have it in Kona in February. I can't see Kona happening February personally from that, from those little snippets that I've heard and have never been able to see it. But um, I do think now, and we've talked about it before that we think they'd have to consider whole, you've got to have it. You potentially got to have it in February, but they've got to look at other options. And then obviously that was what announced. So I well, okay. I like how they, is, starting, to be clear, they didn't announce it. They like no, suggested, sorry, suggested that we are considering suggest. every option, including potentially moving it yeah. to another location. That was the that was the yeah, like. Sorry, that, that, yeah. <laughs> so my feeling now is that it is looking more and more likely that we will have a world championship, world Ironman championships in February, but it will not be in Kona. I um right so they they will have something in the spring I don't know if it's gonna be in yeah. February um and that it, they are they very specifically you know suggested they are considering other options obviously the internet went wild uh <laughs> considering possibilities I would say for all that Twitter was speculating on all the places it could be held um you know I don't think they're considering all the places I think they are considering some places they already put on large events uh that they know can hold them that are feasible in America. In, in, yeah. I was going to say they're feasible I, in COVID I, times. It's Amer- it means the U S I, I can't, I can't see it being in Europe. Um, and it's definitely not going to be in Australia or New Zealand. So let's get so. out the rest of the world and let's just go, which, which, which cities and locations in the U S have held or could hold big events in springtime. <laughs> and then I think the other half, and if you start thinking about that and you start thinking, uh, you know, other places that just held a successful world championship event it becomes it, mm. the list is short it's not yeah. it, it's one of those things it's, it's kind of <laughs> obvious um i think the other question obviously that like the internet went wild with is now they said and it seems very feasible that they move the one in the spring possibly they move it to get the one in the fall depending on you know if hawaii has it together a year from now I don't know right now, and this is where like you know people are speculating wildly. If this is a temporary COVID, like let's just move ahead and have a race, and then we'll go back to our you know Kona, 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 or if this is all like let's re- let's consider the thing all of us have been talking about in the background for years. What if we rotated the World Championship to different locations? <laughs> Would be crazy. Maybe crazy. this is the start. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is the start of that like new movement of bringing bringing the sport up into modern times and and making some changes <gasps> maybe right so i think we might get cut out we might get cut off at that point on the podcast <laughs> let's not go crazy they're not saying that's what they're gonna do but you know there is certainly a lot of i think all the pros i think it's honestly where, like all the pros would lo- like want it to rotate um because it make it a fair like it just be fairer right like rotate back to Kona every five years that'd be fine like yeah still and then I think um still have an Ironman Hawaii in Kona like people that people can do like that that's fine too um 
I think the idea of like a world championship in the same place every time is just it's just weird to a lot. Like it's not like it's just not I'm a world not championship. I'm not sure then. what other sports do it. No anymore, and I respect and appreciate the history of our sport and where we are today. But maybe it's time to shake things up we have a new like we've just said in the 70.3 world it seems like it's a new breed breed that's the wrong word sorry um it's a new you know it's new names coming in it's this is sort of the younger the next generation gosh i'm sounding really old now nice. the next generation coming through maybe it's a time to shake things up a little bit and bring that new life into the sport and I don't know. I think right now they're literally just weighing the COVID situation. I don't think they actually are really thinking further than that right now, but we'll see. It is no a hard race for them to put it's, on to. It's a hard, logistically, it's hard for people to get to even not in COVID times. It's expensive. It's limiting. It's all kinds yeah. of things. Um, but also, like, I don't think it'll ever go away. Like, no matter what, I do understand that, like, it's a, it's, it's also a thing that, and you are not it, from it the U.S. It shouldn't go away. Yeah. It shouldn't go away. Yeah. But I was about to say, it's also a thing that in the U.S., it matters a lot more to U.S. Amer- like age group athletes than it does to international ones. Like that's just true. Like European age group athletes, it's not as they didn't grow up watching the NBC broadcast yeah. every year. Yeah. It's not a thing. Um, whereas we were all raised on the the Julie Moss and the the, the Julie Moss. Moss crawl. I do love the Julie Moss crawl. She's awesome. I know. Though, I so cry she every is. time. <laughs> I raised in. I, I am in New Zealand when Julie came across to race and she was, yeah, she was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I saw her this weekend. She was watching and cheering, very excited about, you know, the, I mean, they're, you know, everyone's excited about the, the young new crop, I think is the word you're looking for of racers. Crop is probably a nice <laughs> <laughs> This is why I don't write very well. So. <laughs> My English language and vocabulary is limited. The, uh, the one, I don't know, downside or thing you got away when you're considering, you know, St. George as a championship venue and that was an issue this weekend is the weather. Like we all yeah. know that in the past there's been years where it was 105 and like people were like passing out on the run for the Ironman and that there have been years it was really, really cold and people were like not able to hold on to their bikes and crashing. And then this weekend, I mean, there were five minutes storm was blowing in lightning lightning it was getting like starting to rain starting, and then all of a sudden it got so bad like there were five minutes i thought someone was gonna die and um i was downtown and again like if you've done the race you know that you come in on this downhill and then you hit like a roundabout and a roundabout into town and you run up out that the same way and so there are barricades everywhere and you're moving fast on the bike because you have hit this like long downhill the barricade started blowing across the road into cyclists coming down and I mean, and it was like torrential downpour. The wind was, so it was blowing barricades over. Um, someone sent me a video of up at the swim start. So the other thing is that people I think in town didn't realize there were still women age groupers just entering the water. And someone sent me a video of barricades getting blown all the way across the parking lot up there. Mm-hmm. Like just, just like rolling across the parking lot. Um, so they had to pull, I believe I've been told about 80 women who were still in the water from the water. Cause it was just like massive lightning, huge storm. Um, and I guess they put them on their bikes and told them like, we'll adjust times later, like move on. Just, and then, yeah. I mean, Hopefully, I know, maybe I know a number of, I mean, just as all anecdotally, but I talked to a lot of people that like 
there were women, a lot of the, all the age groupers were still on course. And so they were all on the bike. And some of them were in spots where it wasn't that bad, you know, kind of depended on where you got hit. But there were women who were telling me like they were out, you know, where it's like the rolling and it's open and they were just getting blown across the road. And one of my friends said she got, they got to like the next intersection where there were people and volunteers and, and everyone around her just stopped and dropped out. They were just like, fuck this. Like, I, yeah. like I'm done. Like, <laughs> and so again, it was I just pretty bad. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Loads of arguments either way. It, it was just, I mean, that just happens. The weather turns up like that, but it's just unfortunate that it happened predominantly to the women who had been put at the back end of the race because it's kind of another slight on them, even though there is nothing anyone could have done about that. Despite no, the it just sucks for them. It yeah. just sucks for them. Yeah, totally. Um, and I mean, the age group men, to be fair, were coming down the descent and they were always... <laughs> You know, those front age group guys hate that descent too quickly anyway. And I was like, oof. Yeah. I, I saw a couple broken collarbones. Like, yeah. it happened. Yeah. I don't think there are any serious, serious. I'm, you know, checking on that. Um, I did ask because I was very, very concerned. Um, yeah. And then I started freaking out. Sid, I was like in downtown. And I'm like, <laughs> everyone around me is like, ha ha, this is like, because it was mostly spectators and families. And I guess like I was probably, I don't know, right? Like, there weren't that many people around me who have done this race a lot of times. So I started freaking out and like running out and like pulling barricades out of the road. And then I just like, I felt like I needed to do it. I was like running around trying to find an Ironman official to be like, what are you going to do? Like, do something. <laughs> Somebody do something. Yeah. Where's the contingency plan? <laughs> well, I think it, I think the reason it freaked me out so much is because the back of the pro women were still coming in. Yeah. on the bike and i and so that was like where i would have been right and so i saw grace i think it was grace that it's hard to see through the pouring rain mm, coming yeah. in and like 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 struggling to hold her bike up and trying yeah. to like get into transition around these barricades like and i was just like fuck like yeah. i felt so bad for her so yeah. yeah and i think that's right like you you've raced the course and um, I know I raced a few years ago when it was particularly cold and I think we had rain and stuff. And so you kind of, and you've done that bit of the course, you know how fast it is coming down in town. People, it's the end of the bike. People are starting to get tired. And if there's barrack, yeah, it is concerning. And you rightly so. I think I'd probably be with you freaking out as well. We've been just been running around headless chickens. <laughs> like someone do something. Someone do something. And then like just charging in and pulling pulling barricades off with strength yeah oh yeah i had these like massive bruises on my legs and i was like where does this come from i was like oh right the barricades, the barricades. That's where they came from. <laughs> <laughs> anyway it was it was an interesting world championship it was 100 percent not as big i know they said 3400 people started and that might be i mean that might have been the number of starters it's an official number. it didn't look a lot bigger than the race in may which was like 20 or is like usually around 2,000, 2,400. Um, it, it didn't look as, it certainly wasn't as big as Nice two years ago, which was yeah. 5,000 people and massive. Um, and there was a lot less media for like, there was a, yeah. like, it just, there was like nobody, again, you have the COVID stuff, like no European outlets could get in, or no Canadian outlets. So it just, there just wasn't as much. Um, so it didn't feel as much like a world championship even though the top people were still really good it kind of just you didn't have that i, th that I think on the usually have. yeah i think on the if you look at the pro fields it was probably a world championship because right. i think it's very different but then if you take that step back and go the broader picture of the age groups the broader picture of the international media 
that just a number of people in town, spectators and everything else alike, um, probably brands and expo as well. It probably, yeah, didn't have that, it just that wasn't big, big event insane. feel. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just wasn't the same. And though I would tell people, you know, I did also do the thing where I like look at the times and I'm like, oh, these times seem slow. And then I was like, oh, right. They had to like bike through a hurricane. The times are going to be slow. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> anyway, we will uh, we'll be taking a break next week. I'm going on vacation and then we will be back, um, you know, finish out the year. With the last last few races. Well, well, I mean, we're only we've got ten days left in September. How many races of that forty odd is there left to go? That's still like. <laughs> and then there's you know only like what Super League yeah. and Ironman California and Xterra and yeah, there's really and more loads things. of challenge races in Europe and yeah. Anyway, thanks for chatting with us, Liz. Uh, Liz. That's Sid. Right. Uh, and, and breaking it all Thank down. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that wraps up our short review of the 7.3 Worlds. <laughs> thanks to Sid for the fun show. I will be taking a break on vacation next week, and then we'll be back with some interviews to finish out the year. In the meantime, keep training and keep listening. <laughs>